helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Samuel Adams said, No people will tamely surrender their liberties, nor can any be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. On the contrary, when people are universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink under their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. Look around you today, and you'll find the knowledge is not diffused. It has been centralized in big government. The American people are almost universally ignorant of what the Constitution says and have become dependent on government actors to provide for them. We are also debauched, corrupt in our manners. I say that because the vast majority of Americans seem to want government to do for them what is not legally allowed to do, that is, to provide for you at the expense of another. I'm not just talking about Social Security and Medicare, but everything from education and energy to labor and mandates. If we do not wish to further surrender our liberties, we must stop the centralization of our knowledge, diffusing it around the nation, while we reinstill the virtues of rights and independence. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. I'm glad you could join me today. You know, there's a reason why I say we want to return the Constitution to we the people. It is by dispersing that knowledge of the Constitution. I believe John Adams, or John Jay was correct, that, that by helping us know their rights and perceive when they're violated, to prepare to defend and assert them, we can restore liberty to this country. We can, we can restore morality to this country. And again, I'm not simply talking about the... Uh, the, the questions of, uh, of sex and race, but I'm talking about the morality of, of independence, of avoiding the, the chains of slavery that we seem to foist on ourselves by being dependent on government. I'll give you a perfect example. I saw this article. It was from a, a Helen Raleigh, and uh, she said, this actually came from the Federalist. She said, one of the most disturbing images of the COVID-19 pandemic was when a teacher tried repeatedly to force a mask on a crying toddler, despite his visible distress. I'm to describe uh, the, the, the fallacy of the mask and, and other things, but a little farther, she makes this interesting statement. She goes, historically, after a significant event that profoundly affected America, whether it was the Kennedy assassination or the 9-11 terrorist attacks, the U.S. Congress established a, a commissions to investigate what happened, what went wrong, who was responsible, and how we could prevent mistakes from happening again or be better prepared. Yet so far, there is no COVID-19 commission in the U.S., which makes us an outlier among our peers. Countries from Norway to Sweden to the United Kingdom have either started or even finished their public inquiries into their government COVID responses. Now, do I believe that we need to look at our history and learn from it? Absolutely. It's one of the things we do here. Do I believe I need Congress to do it for me? Absolutely not. That is just about the definition of the fox guarding the hen house. You see, what she failed to notice during the, the Kennedy assassination or the 9-11 uh, terrorist attacks commissions is that in both cases, 
It was a political answer to a political question. There are still debates going on about whether or not uh, you know, there was one shooter or two or the grassy you know, There are still people who are not convinced about the, uh, the Kennedy assassination or the 9-11 terrorist attacks. And while the, the look into the Kennedy assassination has probably improved the, the, the policies and procedures of the Secret Service in order to better protect the President of the United States, I believe it's also led to a lot of infringement on people's rights when the, the President gets to basically come in and, and um, well, rewrite the rules where laws cease to exist because the Secret Service is present. You know, the president is there, therefore we're going to change rules. We're going to basically ignore the Constitution. I've pointed out multiple times that under the Constitution, a sheriff, a county sheriff, has the legal authority to arrest a sitting president of the United States for crimes committed in their jurisdiction. However, they'd have to deal with the Secret Service, a Praetorian guard, basically placing the president above the law. So, these things are not always necessarily good. Now, she makes a point that countries from, from Norway to Sweden to the United Kingdom have either started or finished their public inquiries. Well, I'll ask her a question my mother asked me when I was a child. If your friends jumped off a roof, would you jump too? Just because other countries have done it doesn't mean we have to. It doesn't mean we shouldn't either. But again, who is going to look into this? And the problem I see mostly is the, what they're talking about, that any commission like this would be politicians overseeing politicians. It would literally be the federal government investigating itself. And there is no history I know of where that has come out well. No, if we were to have an, a, a truly useful investigation into what the government did, it wouldn't be government actors that would look at it. It'd be others in the field. We would set up a commission staffed not by Congress, but by, oh, I don't know, how about the people behind the Great Barrington Declaration? The people that got it right. I don't want Fauci and, and, and the CDC deciding who's going to be on this commission. I, I want Dr. Dr. McCullough or Dr. Bhattacharya, men and women who were right to come in and oversee what happened. I want them to look at it and then to give us advice. Not orders, not rules, not regulations. Advice. This is what we did wrong. This is what government did wrong in our name. And this is what we, the people, did wrong when we kept hiring these politicians that broke the law. But that's not what we're seeing here. At least that's not what this person, this, this uh, Ms. Raleigh, is calling for. I understand the desire to learn from our mistakes, but you don't let the child that's been caught with their hand in the cookie jar investigate the theft of cookies. Well, some may say, how about the courts? They, we have independent courts, don't we? No. All the courts, especially the federal courts, have all been politicized to one extent or another. You can tell just by looking at, at how often is, is a judge or a, a federal judge or justice referred to based on the party of the president that nominated them. And besides, we need to remember that these courts are still part of government. It was many of the courts that said, yes, it's okay to violate the Constitution because you got a really, really good reason to. Here's another example. 
you remember the was it Louisiana the federal district judge in Louisiana who issued a, a a temporary injunction, a preliminary injunction against much of the Biden administration to prevent them from coercing or encouraging social media companies to remove protected content. Well, that's now been heard by a three-judge panel of the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. And they've taken that injunction and they've narrowed it. They've narrowed it to the concerns of alleged coercion. They've basically gutted the uh, most of the uh, preliminary injunction. So we can't expect courts to be the ones to protect us. Well, if 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 we can't expect Congress to protect us, we can't expect the courts to protect us. Who protects us? Well, the answer is, ladies and gentlemen, if Mr. Adams is to be believed, as we are. If we expect others to hold the knowledge, if we put the knowledge of what is right and what is true in the hands of a few, well, then we tamely surrender our liberties. Take, for example, the, the mass mandates. Right? Um, the infamous Dr. Fauci, who basically contradicted himself half the time. First it was, don't wear masks. Then it was, yes, wear masks. And then it was, wear two masks and three masks. And again, he keeps claiming there's evidence that, it, that these masks work, and he keeps pointing to uh, studies that have been debunked because of the, the, um, the method or the data set at which they looked at. And when you have a study, a large study, that, you know, the, the infamous, um, you know, is a double-blind study that looks at large numbers of people, the data, large data sets, the very study that he said was necessary um, to to find a problem. When that pops up, he says, no, you can't believe that. That may work at a population level, but not on an individual level. Now, listen, if we had knowledge, and if that knowledge was dispersed throughout the country, my guess is most Americans would not wear a mask again. Well, maybe if you're sick and you don't want your coughing and sneezing to spray, maybe you'd wear a mask. But that'd be it. When a company put up a sign that said that said mass necessary, when this Alabama County said you have to, well, let me differentiate. Yeah, in Alabama County that said you have to wear a mask in county property, you'd walk by that that sign and say no. And when the officer told you you had to wear a mask, you'd say no, because that rule is contrary to the Constitution of our state and of the United States, and is therefore void. And should you attempt to enforce that? Should you attempt to, to lay hands on me or otherwise detain me because of it, you are committing a federal crime under Title 18, Section 242, United States Code, and I will file a criminal complaint. See, when that knowledge becomes diverse, dispersed across the, the population, these petty tyrants lose their power. They lose their ability to intimidate us because we know better. Now, sure, there are a lot of people that say a lot of things are true without any real basis of it, which is why I say knowledge must be dis dis diverse, dispersed. It's not simply the fact that somebody said something. It's do they have the evidence to prove it? So when I tell you it violates the Constitution of the United States, I point to the Fifth Amendment, which says you shall not be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. You're depriving me of my liberty my ability to petition to do business with my government 
without doing something to my body, whether that be a shot or a mask, yet you've got no due process that protected my rights to say, wait a second, is he a danger? Is that individual a danger? That's a violation of the Fifth Amendment. It's a violation of the Fourteenth Amendment. Because the state has made a law that says, we can deprive you of your liberty, we can deprive you of the control of your body in order to do business with us, that we are going to compel you by law to do business with us. We need to we need that knowledge to be diverse, dispersed throughout the, every, the, the, the nation. So when these petty tyrants throw out this nonsense, we don't have to listen to it. And of course, now we've got the, uh, the was it COVID-19, e, COVID the EV variant, the, the election variant. That's right. We got an election coming up. So all of a sudden, COVID starts showing up. I wonder how many people that are out there looking at the, looking at the people requiring masks, the schools and, and all these requiring masks, when the CDC itself says, guess what? The COVID antibodies that you probably have, well, they work against the new variant. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you've had COVID, the antibodies work. Now, if you've had COVID, if you've had the shot, well, they may not work so well because the shot kind of destroys part of your immune system. But again, you have no evidence that masks work. And I've got evidence that they do not work. I should say, the evidence that you provide that masks work have been shown to be flawed at best and um, criminally negligent at worst. We disperse that knowledge and we can live free. We can have our liberty. Not because someone else protects us, protects it for us, but because we know how to protect it ourselves. So when the, the, the FDA clears a new COVID-19 vaccine, we can only say, wait a second, the CDC says the antibodies already work. Don't I have antibodies from the previous vaccine? If I didn't get antibodies from the free previous vaccine, then why would I believe you're going to give me new ones with this, that this new one's going to work? See, that's what you get when knowledge is dispersed. It is spread out throughout the country. Individuals can't, uh, uh, can't simply make up the rules and say, well, I'm an expert, you must listen to me. No, you're an expert. You have the, you're supposed to have the ability to explain it to me in a way I can understand. And if you can't do that, I'm not going to follow you just because you say so. See, we've tried that before. In fact, uh, remember teachers in New York who lost their job because they refused to take an, a jab, a criminal, by the way, a criminal attempt to get them to become a medical experiment, a violation of medical ethics, state and federal law? Well, now, some, what, year and a half, two years later, 10 of those employees are being reinstated with back pay because in this case, a judge said, yeah, what they did was, was, was wrong. The state had no legal authority to dismiss you for failure to take an experimental treatment. But again, how long did they wait? They've been waiting, it was a year and a half, two years now? Think about that. Two years waiting for justice. I'm glad they knew what they were doing was right. They knew that the state had no legal authority. And I'm glad that the, uh, uh, the a state judge found that the New York City Department of Education was wrong in what they did. I am. I'm not complaining about that. But what did these people go through? Because the knowledge 
because they were the few that had the knowledge of what was right. Ten employees out of how many in the New York City Department of Education? How many teachers simply succumb because they didn't have the knowledge? Now, I have some more examples, but I have to take a break. Before I go, again, I hope you'll head to the website, constitutionstudy.com. It's recently gone through a refresh, and I'm really interested in what you think about it. There's a news section. Uh, I've got information from the radio program. I've got interviews, and, and I've got all this in a new format designed to make it more interactive, more easy, easier for you to use. And guess what? By next week, I should have the, the boot camp for the Patriots program up and running there as well. So please check it out, constitutionstudy.com, and uh, leave me some feedback. Let me know what you think. If there's something you'd like to see added, again, let me know and I'll see what I can do. But I want this as a place where you can go to help find information and then spread it and share it with others. That is how we keep this knowledge diverse, how it's dispersed throughout the, the, the population. Now, here's some knowledge you may not know about. So, I don't know about you. I get to the end of the day sometimes and whew, the brain just goes foggy. I found this great product that helps boost my short-term memory and my long-term brain power using nothing but healthy cells, focus and recall, vitamins. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, vitamins. No caffeine, no sugar, just vitamins. Now, if you'd like to try Focus and Recall or any of Healthy Cells products, you can get 25% off your first order. Find out how by going to americaoutloud.shop. Most important, when you go to Healthy Cell, when you check out, be sure to use that code out loud. It lets them know you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, you'll get 25% off your first order. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Hey everyone, this is Nurse Kimberly Overton from Nurses Out Loud. Over time, our cell signaling molecules diminish, leaving us vulnerable to the wear and tear of life. With the Sea of Redox, we can start restoring and revitalizing our body at the cellular level. This is an incredible product that I personally use, and I can attest to seeing fantastic results that have included better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. ASEA supports our immune system and enhances our body's natural ability to repair itself. It's promoting overall well-being so that we can start experiencing a new level of vitality and resilience. 
It's time to take control of our health by harnessing the power of ASEA. Visit our online store at americaoutloud.shop and use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15% today. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study, and I'm asking, are we going to tamely surrender our liberty? And if not, how do we stop? I don't know how many people seem to have turned over their brains to the CDC. The CDC will tell us. It'll tell us if it's safe. It'll tell us if it works. And we simply refuse to listen to anything else. Now, I've been asked for years, you know, every every you know fall going into winter, did you get your flu shot? There's flu shots everywhere. And when people ask me, I say, I, no, I don't get my flu shot because I don't want the flu. Now, I've learned more and more about the flu shots, but here's an interesting one. Listen to this. This is Dr. Uh, Natalie Azar, and she's talking about an anticipated upcoming recommendation from the CDC. Uh, she's on, knows that uh, the Today Show. So is this the new normal, probably one COVID shot a year, just like the flu shot? From a public health perspective and from a communication perspective from the CDC, they want to streamline it so that people have this idea, oh, it's time for my flu shot. Let me get my COVID shot every year at the same time. It makes things easier. From a biological perspective, that's not necessarily the most practical approach. Look, we're having a surge right now. We're having a wave in the summer. We don't see that with flu. But in terms of making it easier for everybody, streamlining it, yes, the recommendation is going to very likely be to get a COVID shot annually at the same time as we get our flu shot. Well, says that'll be easy for me because I don't get a flu shot. But look what you're saying. It's not a question of biologically. It's not a question of a medical decision. The CDC is giving you a, well, it's a convenience thing. We can get you to keep taking these shots, kind of the way they've convinced millions of Americans to get keep taking the flu shot. Now, are there situations for people where it's medically advisable for them to get a flu shot? Sure. But the vast majority, of the, first of all, the flu shot, they never know which flu is going to be predominant. So they're kind of guessing at which flu shot they're going to produce. They're frequently wrong. I think the latest numbers I saw is the annual flu shot's about 16% effective. That, that's one six. That's an awful lot of flu shots for very little effectiveness, which kind of ranks up there with COVID. But again, are you going to listen to the CDC recommendation when a doctor is telling you, listen, this is not a biological reason for you to do this. It's convenient. We want you to take the shots. Hmm. Well, what happened? Well, what did Paul, you know, it's like the, the flu shots are often promoted for the elderly and, and, you know, maybe the COVID shots will be important for them as well. Well, there's just a little bit of a problem with that too. See, there's a paper recently published called Infections, Hospitalizations, and Death Among U.S. Nursing Home Residents with and Without SARS-CoV-2 Vaccine Booster. And this has been used to promote, hey, we need to get the boosters out because it's really good for, for older people. Well, unless you actually look at the numbers. See, if you're a critical thinker, if you do more than just the headlines, you know what they found? This paper showed that the infection fatality rate for residents at 128 Veterans Health Administration Community Living Centers increased by 28% in residents who got the booster. That's right. If you got the booster, your chances, the number of people who died with the booster went up if they got the booster. Isn't that the wrong way around? Now, let me ask you, if information is uh, diverse, if it's dispersed, if it's diffused among the society, you look at something like that saying, 
maybe I don't want grandma and grandpa to get the uh, the shots. If it's going to increase the risk of death by 28%, maybe I don't want them to get the shot. Or do I simply sit there and, and wait and let the CDC, quote unquote, experts tell me what I'm supposed to think? If I centralize that knowledge in a few, guess what? Your liberty goes away, possibly your health, possibly your life. Another example. So uh, a, a prominent doctor, Dr. Bowden, says that uh, many pharmacists are still refusing to fulfill ivermectin prescriptions for use against COVID-19, despite the fact that the FDA says, yeah, we're okay with doctors prescribing it. Originally, the FDA said no when they had no medical reason not to, uh, but uh, now they're saying, yeah, yeah, it's, it's okay, but pharmacists are still refusing. Now, let me ask you. If you're leaving the knowledge of the um, of your treatment to an expert that's ignoring information, are they really somebody you want to trust your life with? Or how about this? The uh, New York Governor Hochul and her Department of Health are appealing an opinion last last year that struck down their unconstitutional isolation and quarantine regulations. See, according to uh, 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 attorney Bobby Ann Cox, she said it, these regulations allowed the Department of Health to pick and choose which New Yorkers they could lock up or lock down with no proof that you ever even exposed to, let alone actually sick with, a communicable disease. They could have locked you down in your home or they could have removed you from your home and forced you into a quarantine facility, one of their choosing, a.k.a. an internment camp. There were no time restrictions as to how long you were there. Days, weeks, months. There was no age restriction. This is a, com a complete totalitarian move to uh, um, to say to, to to control the state. And of course, courts looked at that and said, "No, that that's unconstitutional. You cannot deprive people of their liberty and their property without due process of law. And there's no due process here." The state has not proven they are a danger before they infringe on their rights. But guess what? The state of New York, Governor Hochul, her Department of Health, they're appealing that. They want the authority to decide for you whether or not it's safe for you to be out and about without any proof at all. They want to hold all the knowledge about whether or not it is acceptable to be out and about. Now, guess what? There's one of the reasons why I left New York is their corruption. But if the people of New York, if the people of the state of New York, know they had, that the knowledge is diffused throughout the state. They know the law. They know the Constitution. They know that what, they're, that what the doctors, what, what the, state, the, the governor and the Department of Health are doing is not only unconstitutional, it's criminal. Maybe they would stand up and push back. Maybe they wouldn't tamely surrender their liberty to the DOH, uh, uh, you know, agent that comes to their door and says, I'm sorry, but you have to stay in your home because, well, we think you might possibly have been exposed to something. They go, uh, no, where's your warrant? You want to control me. You want to, to, to uh, confine me, to detain me. You need a warrant. Oh, you want to come with me with one of those needles? You're an imminent threat. I would not come near me. You value your lives somewhere else. All right, let's get off the COVID kick for a little bit. Let's look around and see what Biden's up to. 
uh, Biden has suddenly decided, you know what, we're just going to cancel those uh, drilling leases in Alaska. Yeah, oil, gas, all that stuff up there that, that we kind of need to keep this country running. He just decided all on his own that uh, uh, he's going to revoke gas, oil and gas leases. Seven of them for 10 years of drilling in, in the Arctic National Wildlife Reserve. Why? First of all, where does he get the authority to do that? Second, actually, first of all, where does the federal government get the, the right to own the National Wildlife Reserve Refuge? Um, there's nothing in the Constitution that authorizes the United States to own a wildlife, ref, wildlife refuge. And here you have the Biden administration just all on their own saying, nope, you can't drill there no more. No, no, no oil for you. Why? Well, you, the, the, the oil's bad. Don't you know that? The experts have been telling us that oil is bad. The experts have been telling us that we can do electric vehicles and solar and wind and all that. Of course, none of it actually works. The experts have been wrong. We are not, the, the environment's not cooking. The, the climate change is not nearly as bad as they've been predicting us, predicting to us for decades. Yet all of a sudden, nope, you can't do this because this centralized knowledge is wrong. At best, the knowledge is wrong. At worst, it's politically corrupted. And here we have uh, one group. It's the uh, uh, the Alaska Industrial Development and Export Authority that are saying they're claiming they're going to sue the Biden administration because the Biden administration took away from them something they had a right to property. That property was the leases. They were deprived of their property without due process. So we'll see where that goes. But again, how many people have even thought about the information about this? Is it is it diffused through the, the nation? Or are we letting a few quote-unquote experts try and tell us how to live our lives? And, and then what happens when those experts aren't as, as experts as they claim to be? Uh, for example, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. To me, the poster child for sticking her foot in her mouth. Uh, she promoted a message that inflation was propaganda. That inflation wasn't caused by uh, the printing of trillions of dollars, the borrowing of trillions of dollars. No, no, no. It was it was greedy shareholders that were driving up the price of, of everything, or I should say devaluing the dollar. See, there's somebody where information has not been diffused to. In fact, here's some information I'd like to diffuse to Ms. Ocasio-Cortez. This is uh, Milton Friedman. I was in it back in 1978 doing a, a, answering questions at Kansas State University. Yes, sir. In a recent interview of U.S. News & World Report, uh, Secretary of the Treasury Blumenthal uh, blamed our current rising inflation uh, in a large part on our foreign trade and unions. He did, however, say that the government was little to blame. Would you like to comment on that? Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is one of the defects of our political system that we always put a Secretary of the Treasury and other high government officials into a position in which when they make public statements, they are almost driven. Well, what's the word I want to use? I want to use a polite word, equivocate. Secretary Blumenthal knows as well as you and I do that inflation does not come from trade unions. That doesn't mean the trade unions aren't grasping. Of course they are. But 
They don't produce inflation for one simple reason. They do not own a printing press on which you can turn out green pieces of paper. The only such printing press is in Washington. I say printing press, of course, in the modern age, we do it in a more sophisticated way. We use bookkeepers and accountants and computers. But it comes down to the same thing. Inflation is made in Washington because only Washington can create money. And any other attribution of in, to other groups of inflation is wrong. Consumers don't produce it. Producers don't produce it. The trade unions don't produce it. Foreign sheiks don't produce it. Oil imports don't produce it. What produces it is too much government spending and too much government creation of money and nothing else. Yet here we have Ms. Ocasio-Cortez claiming that inflation is propaganda when what she actually is doing is committing is, is sharing propaganda saying it's not government's fault. Because guess what? She's in the House. And uh, all spending and borrowing, well, actually, all, all tax revenue, all revenue uh, uh, bills must originate in the House by, by a rule, not by constitution, by rule, the, uh, every spending bill originates in the House. And uh, they're the ones that are spending more money than we take in, leading to more borrowing. And that borrowing means leads to printing money. And that printing money is, the infl is inflation. Inflation is not the rising in prices. It is the devaluing of the dollar. And you devalue the dollar by creating more of them than the economy can use. But here we have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who basically says that economics is propaganda. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm not ready to tamely surrender my liberty uh, to such an economic buffoon. Um, you know, just because you don't like the answer, just because the answer doesn't comport with your censorship-driven, my way or the highway belief system, doesn't mean it's propaganda. It means it's, it's, it's what's called a countervailing argument. You argue one thing, there's a countervailing argument. The fact that you have no answer but to call it uh, uh, propaganda tells me more about your argument than it does about theirs. It tells me your argument is weak, that it's basically non-existent, and it's another one of, if we diffuse knowledge throughout the country, they listen to a nonsense like that and go, she's an idiot, and walk away. Now, speaking of propaganda being exposed for what it is, uh, anybody remember the, the 2022 uh, midterm elections and the, uh, the allegations in, in Michigan of, um, we'll call them shenanigans, uh, that, that, that there were claims that there was evidence, there was surveillance tapes, uh, recordings of uh, um, evidence of poor vote handling, the, the, how the voting results were handled. I mean, we were told it's all propaganda, pay no attention to it. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. The green Oz has spoken. So contrary to that, we don't listen to the great Oz. We actually look for facts. And the, the group Michigan Grassroots Alliance, finally, finally, after, well, what, a year now, 13 months, have had access to their, the information requested under the FOIA, Freedom of Information Act. They filed a request, should have taken about two weeks. 
Now, 13 months later, and a lawsuit, they finally have this information, this video footage of um, the Michigan uh, vote handling. And of course, the almost all but extortion and delays from the uh, Michigan uh, election uh, group that was handling this, uh, a court not only granted the group access to the videotape, they granted them $10,000 for the costs and expenses they've had to go through to get what should have been a simple request fulfilled. So I have to take another break. I hope you've been enjoying what you've heard so far, and I hope you'll do like I do. You'll head to AmericaOutloud.news every day to get this type of information, stuff you can use. I hope you'll take these the, the podcast, the videos, the articles, the stories, and not only find them, not only learn from them, but use them to diffuse that information amongst friends, family, and the country at large. How do you do that? Well, by sharing these articles and the stories and the videos. See, that's doing it. By sharing that information, by diffusing that knowledge, you're helping to secure the blessings of liberty. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution. And now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. I'm glad you could join me today as we're, ma- we're talking about do we, will we tamely surrender our liberty? And uh, when I was in corporate America, uh, we used to play a game called Buzzword Bingo. And it, it worked something like this. You had the, the, the 
the actual game where you would make up, uh, we would make take a piece of paper and you'd lay out like a bingo card and you'd put buzzwords on it. Uh, you know, things like out of the box or uh, synergistic and you'd lay them out. And then during the meeting, you'd wait to see. And when, when one of those words was spoken, you would check it off. And when you, uh, when you got five in a row, you would kind of wave your hand a little bit and everybody was in it knew that you just got bingo. Well, um, of course, more often than that, we didn't actually play with cards. We just kind of laughed and winked, right? When there were five or six of these buzzwords, you'd simply look at your friend or your neighbor or whatever, give them a little wink, nod, and they'd say, oh, God, yes, it's buzzword bingo. Well, there's apparently a new version of buzzword bingo, only this time it's happening in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's not uh, it's not corporate buzzwords. It's, um, I don't know, what would you call it? I guess you'd call it um, left-wing buzzword bingo? Um, I don't know. Uh, Mayor Andre Dinkins uh, announced a 24-page guide for inclusive language that will be used by city officials. So there's an official government definition of terms like microaggression and gender identity. Um, They have, like I said, there's 24 pages of this stuff. And they list a, a, a plethora of terms like offensive, uh, that, that, that these words are offensive, right? Illegal immigrant, homosexual, man-made, waitress, threat to human rights. These are all considered offensive? Of course, there's, there's more. There's, uh, um, again, 13 pages of extensive definitions on the topics of, uh, uh, well, we'll just call it the alphabet soup, right? LGBTQ, LMLP. They've got environmental justice, and this is what um, this is what uh, the, the your governments are in in Atlanta is is working on. Again, if knowledge is diffuse and you recognize the foolishness of some of these, the here's what you have: you you you're talking about a freedom of speech. Because now what's happened is it's not a question of whether or not the person speaking is trying to be offensive. It's literally anything we don't want people to talk about, we'll just call it offensive. See, that's what happens when virtue and, and is, is destroyed. When we become universally ignorant, we've become debauched in our manners. When you cannot, when you cannot handle a word that you don't think you like. And rather than asking someone, hey, would you, politely saying, I prefer you not use that word. For example, when someone makes a comment on one of my social media sites and they use a word I don't like, I will often um, reach out and say, I don't want that language on my site. I might block the, uh, uh, or I may you know, shut down that particular post, but I don't shut the person off. I don't blacklist them until I've told them what's going on. And again, these words are all about an agenda, a collectivist agenda, if I might say. So in Atlanta, you have, uh, what, what was the, um, there was a comedian, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. He had the seven words you can never say on TV. Well, now Atlanta has their own version, only it's 24 pages of words you're not allowed to say in Atlanta government anymore. Then, of course, you have Chicago, right? Chicago, another sanctuary city. Um, they've had thousands of migrants get sent to the city because they said, hey, we'll be nice to migrants. We like migrants. And of course, now it's kicking them right in the teeth. Uh, Mayor 
Brandon Johnson of Chicago uh, basically told city residents they will have to make sacrifices to deal with the thousands of migrants that his predecessor invited to the city. Uh, specifically, the, the, the citizens will have to make sacrifices to live up to being a sanctuary city. Uh, excuse me, how many of those citizens actually want to be a sanctuary city? As opposed to the, the few in government said, we'll be a sanctuary city because it's politically advantageous to us. Now the rest of the city has to pay the price. Same thing is going on in, um, in New York City where the mayor uh, Adams announced he's cutting the, the city services budget by, what, 15% in order to pay for all the illegal aliens that he, in, that he basically invited to come to a city as a sanctuary city. Um, so that's what happens when knowledge isn't diffuse, when we allow a few people who think they know better than everybody else to make decisions and then expect other people to suffer the consequences. And what are all these cities where they, they simply refuse to enforce crime? It's not that they aren't crimes. They just, we're not going to enforce them. So like up in Portland, Oregon, where Nike has reported they are permanently closing their premier store in Portland, Oregon. Why? Well, they have safety and security issues. See, the Small Business District Association announced uh, about a week or so ago that Nike would be closing their store permanently. They would be uh, reimagining the retail space and considering future locations as part of the community's long-term vitalization. In other words, we can't handle the, 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 the crime in the streets. If we have a store, we have people who work there, and we have, we have people coming in and robbing us blind, and we can't put up with anymore, and we are going to leave. And what I find amazing is, what are the reactions of, say, the mayor of Portland, Mayor Ted Wheeler? He said, my team and city staff have worked tirelessly and in good faith with Nike for almost a year to offer creative solutions to their safety challenges. Ultimately, the city cannot offer Nike or any other private business with uh, dedicated off-duty uh, PPB officers due to PPB staffing shortages. I remain committed to supporting Nike's future success in Portland and look forward to their future investments in our community. The only reason that Nike wants uh, dedicated officers is because you refuse to enforce the laws everywhere else. See, if, if Portland Police Department actually enforced the law, actually tracked down thieves and, and vandals, and actually, oh, I don't know, not only charged them with crimes, but actually prosecuted them for their crimes, then maybe Nike wouldn't be looking to get out of there. They wouldn't be looking for private security. They wouldn't be looking for off-duty officers to cover the fact that the city refuses to enforce their own laws. Reportedly, residents and, and the city have lost $1 billion in two years from the city's unwillingness to enforce crime. Yet, I guess, I wonder, is, Te is, is Mayor Wheeler up for election in the next year or two? I wonder if he's going to keep his job. My guess is I would not be surprised because this is what we see with, uh, you know, we, you centralize, we don't disperse knowledge. We we are we become debauched. We don't want to ah. Oh, we don't want to punish the poor nice person who just is trying to feed their family. And the answer is we let criminals run amok 
And then we wonder why pl- companies like Nike that actually employ people leave. I'm sorry, I, I, I can't figure I can't figure that one out. Here's another. Anybody remember the the Virginia dad who uh, was was arrested uh, during a, a school board meeting back in June of last year? He was charged by the Commonwealth attorney with disorderly conduct. You see, his daughter was sexually assaulted in a bathroom at the school by a 14-year-old boy dressed in a skirt that apparently had done this before. In fact, he was used, he was cited by the National School Board Association in the infamous letter to Merrick Garland about why school boards aren't safe. This father was there to, to protect his daughter, a daughter who was sexually assaulted in the girls' room by a boy. And he's the one that was arrested. The way he describes it, he said, they used me to silence moms and dads. He said, well, they used him, the school board used him, the, the county used him as an example. Well, guess what? Virginia Governor Yunkin pardoned the man. Now, he was charged with both uh, obstruction of justice and disorderly conduct. The obstruction of justice charge was dismissed in May of last year. His jury trial was set for later this month, and Mr. Youngkin said, no, you're pardoned. Uh, com- completely, absolutely pardoned. Said, um, the governor said, upon careful deliberation or a view of the circumstances of the matter, I have decided it is just and appropriate to grant this absolute pardon that reflects Scott Thomas Smith's factual innocence of disorderly conduct. I am pleased to grant Scott Smith the, this pardon and help him and his family put this injustice behind him once and for all. Well, okay, Governor, I appreciate that. That that's 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 a good deal. Um, I believe it's the right thing to do. I believe this is a political uh, prosecution, not or, you know persecution, maybe not prosecution. Uh, and I'm glad to see that. But I think knowledge needs to be diverse, dispersed because. Right now, the the Loudoun County School Board seems more worried about their reputation than what happened to this man's daughter. And I'm sorry if you were a school board that refused to deal with with, uh, sexual assault on your premises, that it's been found that you have, have shuffled cards to keep it under wraps, that you've buried information, then, yeah, it's not disorderly conduct. It's justice. It is justice to stand up and call these people to account. And we need people, not just a school board. We need people to stand. The people should have stood with this man. I'm glad Governor Yunkin did. In another example, of course, we've been talking about people alleging that, uh, you know, uh, Trump committed an insurrection, therefore is ineligible for to hold office under the 14th Amendment and all that nonsense. Well, the uh, the the uh, Georgia grand jury released the report um, about information that in, that brought them to the the charges that they placed. Now, here's the interesting part. This actually is uh, CNN anchor John Bremen. Uh, I'm sorry, John Berman, who uh, took a look at the the special grand jury's recommendations to bring charges against 39 people, including among others three 
sitting U.S. senators. Really the big issue as we thumb through this report, Michael, because as you point out, we've got some names of people who were not charged. Uh, we have the vote counts of the special grand jury itself. But other than that, I think the legal term is bupkis. I mean, that's, there, there's nothing in here in terms of witness testimony or transcripts right. or really anything that I see in here that could be instructive for either a prosecution or defense. Didn't realize bupkis was a legal term. But yeah, here you have people making all sorts of claims about Trump when all of the evidence so far adds up to well, bupkis. And I have one more to leave you with, and, and I don't know whether this will make you laugh or cry, but think of all this. The director of national intelligence she, uh, has, has revealed that Congress has spent $22 million of your money in order to create smart clothing. They want to develop what they call cotton fibers that um, can be used by the CIA and other agencies to record audio, video, geolocation from your clothing, from your shirts, your pants, even your underwear. I've warned people about, you know, the 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 voice-controlled home assistants that, you know, the companies are listening to you. What happens when your underwear is out to get you? When your socks are listening to everything? Listen, if your underwear is listening, th th hopefully all they know is what I had for lunch. So I don't know if this is, if this should make you laugh at the foolishness of or cry that we are such a state that our federal government wants tools so that they can spy on people with their clothing. The, the, you know, I, I'm sure they're saying, oh, no, this will only be used for overseas spying. I, if you believe that, I have a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. I don't trust them because they've not acted trustworthy. They, they, the, the knowledge of what they have done has been diffuse, and it shows that they are not trustworthy. So I have to ask you, are you going to tamely surrender your liberty because of your ignorance? The fact that you don't, the, that you have not acquired the knowledge, not that someone hasn't given you the knowledge, that you haven't gone out and acquired it. If you want to preserve liberty, then we must preserve virtue. We must avoid the ignorance. We must educate ourselves. That's what we do here at the Constitution Study, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the main goals of the Patriots program. Want to find out more? Go to constitutionstudy.com slash patriots. The boot camp for this program should launch the beginning of the week. That's my goal. I've been working on it. That's my goal. Uh, the boot camp's recorded, and the whole idea is you take the boot camp and you get something from it. You get some tools and some education, but it's meant to lead you into the Patriot program where we can diffuse knowledge throughout the country. We can teach you to read and study the Constitution. We can teach you how to defend and assert your rights. We can teach you how to teach the rising generation to be free. That's what we're here for. And I hope that's what you're here for as well. Sure, you may make listen to some of the, the fun I make of other people or, or trying to get some news and information. But ultimately, we want knowledge to be diffused. 
We want to be diffused throughout the country. We want people to take responsibility for their own liberty and stop surrendering it to the so-called experts, the centralizers of information. When they centralize information, they centralize tyranny. And whether it's recording underwear or calling economics propaganda, by diffusing this information to we the people, we can learn to defend our own liberties rather than simply handing it over because you don't know any better. Now, I hope you're interested enough that you'll come back and join us here at the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeart Radio Network. If you can't listen then, listen to the podcast. All my episodes go out about a day or two after they're heard on the radio, and you can listen in your favorite podcast app. But I ask, please subscribe to the show. Leave ratings and reviews. It helps other people find the Constitution Study. And what else could we ask you for? Now, you can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But I ask you to share them. It's by sharing this news, by diffusing this information, that we share the blessings of liberty.